Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm. Season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Parkville Network. If you happen to miss our episode from yesterday, um, Dark Side of Elite Crew, join that Facebook page. They'll answer questions about what you're going through right now with your, your quarantining, your kids' home, spring break, school canceled, anything. And they're not doctors. They're just dudes going through it right. just like we all are. And even if you don't have questions, you can just kind of see what other people are talking about. And it's they're just, entertaining. It, yeah. It, and they're fun. And they're fun yeah. on top of it. Um, today, we got Tony Boone in studio with us. And Tony actually came up on a couple of our podcasts previously um, because we were talking about the Omaha Storm Chasers. And has his official title is... Media and Public Relations Manager. It's a pretty big deal, Tony. It is a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal. Really? Still new to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congrats. So, and this is Thanks. your first season doing this. This is my first season. I actually didn't start till January, which put me about two months behind some other new hires. And, uh, you know, I found out right away that a lot of things that happened for the next minor league baseball season really got started back in September. So there's a lot of catch up work. And, you know, from the day I started, it was yeah. like, you know, there was already a, a first game to get ready for. And right. It was only three months away. Well, now and imagine so with everything going on now, really how much catch up you're going to have to do. Wow. Uh, uh, with, it's unreal what's going on right now. Right. It really is. And that, that, and a, that, well, that statement, and I think you commented on it, maybe what, um, when Marty Cordero put out mm-hmm. last week, I think very emotional talking about the community support and the, how, the storm chasers and what, what the community means to the storm chasers. I thought it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. Kind of, to kind of lay out what this means. I mean, right now with what's going on, a lot of people know everything's shut down. How does this affect just the storm chasers? Where What are you guys right now planning for tentatively? Well, um, a lot of things that you were planning for now are kind of up in the air about when they're going to happen. You know, eventually there's going to be a season. Um, that's the one thing that we, we do know as of right now, unless, you know, the pandemic continues way into the fall, then, you know, we're talking about something completely different. But unlike the College World Series or the NCAA tournament or even what's going on with the NBA and NHL, you know, baseball season hasn't started yet. So as of right now, it's just the pushing back of the start date. And, you know, everyone has been planning, whether it's um, the Royals in spring training or our crew with um, planning promotions and events. Um, Everyone's been gearing for certain dates for certain things. And now all of those things have been put on hold and potentially pushed back to whenever. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Um, will they just in general try to get all the games in, like having more doubleheaders than they normally would, or just kind of shave off, maybe do a 70 game season instead of 130, 140? I think at the major league level, they will try to get all the games in, or at least as many of them as they can. Um, I think at the minor league level, it has become more so, I mean, it's always been this way, but it's become more so, you know, within the last probably 20 years it's really all about development and at the major league level, they really aren't interested other than getting the competitive nature in your guys and whether or not you're winning or losing. It's all about the development of the players. And I think because of that, 
um, they'll probably just shave down the schedule. They don't want to put guys who are potential major leaguers um, through the grind of right. doubleheader after doubleheader just to get a number of games in. I think that at some point what will probably happen, we'll just start our season at whatever point we're at and you'll play it out. And if it's a 50 game season, it's a 50 game season. If it's 70, it's 70. And that's unfortunate, you know, especially for the minor league teams themselves. But I do understand from a player standpoint why that's probably the right thing to do. I, I agree. I can see that because it kind of defeats the purpose of what the minor league oh, sure. teams are supposed to be doing is getting them ready to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. And right. as opposed to it's not really about winning games, although that's what the community thinks. It's about grooming. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange how that all works. And I guess that, you know, when we grew up as fans and, you know, Pat, Pat was a part of this organization, you know, a long yeah. time ago. I grew up watching it um, and then covering it. Um, you know, quite a while ago and from a different perspective. And then more recently, you know, with the newspaper, um, you know, you're looking at it from a day-to-day basis yeah. and, you know, you want your local team to do well. Yeah. Um, sure. you, you're invested in it. You're the person that went to Rosenblatt has been going to Warner Park and been rooting for this team. And, uh, you know, it may come as a shock to you that, you know, the Royals, although they would love for you to win, probably don't really care you know, necessarily <laughs> whether you win or not. They just want to know, is this guy ready to come help us win right. at the major Take league him. level? Because that's what it's really all about. It's like, oh, that's cute. You want a title, but how are you groom my guys? Yeah, this has been yeah. kind of a fun decade for the, the Royals organization, too, yeah. because, uh, you know, when they went through um, the troubles that they had for 30 years and end up going to back to back World Series and Crazy. eventually winning a World Series title, you know, you look back and you saw that the guys that won the world title won at the lower level of the minors. They won in Omaha, you know, earlier this decade. Mm-hmm. And then they were winning in Kansas City in the middle of the decade. And now we're at the pop, uh, that spot where we're kind of starting over again. And we're seeing that next wave come through. They won a couple of lower level yeah. titles last year. And, you and know, those know. are going to be the guys that are That's on the cool. way to Omaha again. That is true. Because then, then you get to see it in action. Because prior, you know, prior to that, it was just like, uh, it was it was its own theater. It was its own. It was like, you didn't see the connection the, in the bigger picture and now it's like oh okay even though you know at that time when one of your favorite players locally gets called up and it's like oh dang we need him right you know well, and you're like happy him. for him like that's so I'm cool happy, he's in the big leagues but, but dang, dang it, it. <laughs> that leaves a hole at first this probably oh, gosh, is no su- it. yeah this probably is no surprise but it's really easier to see the whole process now because the world we live in is so much smaller because of social media you know what goes on every night yeah. all the time True. You know, before, oh. back in the day, you know, we knew what was happening in Omaha because it happened here. And maybe we knew what happened in Kansas City because we read about it in the newspaper or heard about it on the radio or, you know, listened to, to KMA, yeah. the uh, the regional radio affiliate yeah. of the Royals. Yeah. And, and that's really all we knew. But now we know what happened at the levels above us, that what happened to levels below us. You know who's coming in advance. Um, it, it's a different time. Okay, so let me ask you something, because I've, I've known you for a long time. True. Um, and, and I made a, a mistake, too, when I mentioned when we first met. <laughs> That's okay. That you are a sports director. I was. And that was at KHAS and Hastings. And you came on board. That was your first, that was your first gig? It wasn't um, your first it was, gig. It wasn't my first gig, so th- this is going to be funny for your listeners. So <laughs> long story short, I knew who both Pat and JT were long before we got to this stage of the long game. Long before Pat and JT knew each other. Yeah, right. True. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually um, got out of college and I started broadcasting in Omaha as a play-by-play guy for the local cable station, um, doing the Cox Game of the Weeks, which are still kind of going on right now. Yes. Um, they had just restarted those up, and uh, I found out after the fact that I was hired to do those, even though the person that hired me never listened to the audition tape that I gave her. Wow. Yeah, she gave it to me like two years later. She's like, I think you sent this to me. I'm like, you never even opened this. Seriously, how did you get, what, what? 
Well, they, was they were just going to start it up. I was already on staff. I'd actually started out by helping out with the Omaha Royals broadcast <laughs> during the summer of my senior year. So right place, right time. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, we're going to start these back up. And, you know, you're our play-by-play guy. I'm like, great. We loved your tape. Yeah, exactly. We killed it on my tape. Yeah, they must have loved how I sounded on this tape. And uh, yeah, it turns out two years later that she never even opened that's it. Unbelievable! I've she, never heard anything like that before. Right ever. Every time. Yeah. Right. That's so, great. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years, <laughs> and uh, at the time, um, we were doing also a, a local sports show that was kind of focusing on Omaha sports. And uh, Gary Java, who was oh, yeah. then had the only sports talk show in town, which is amazing now that yeah. we have full time sports radio, you know, on a couple of different stations. Oh, absolutely. Um, At that time, it was the only thing going. And uh, they had just landed the Nebraska contract and were going to start producing what is now Sports Nightly. I guess it was called Sports Nightly back then, but it was newer back then. It was. That was Jim Rose doing an after. He used to do a late afternoon show on KLIN in Lincoln. Yeah. And it was just this little two hour show that this dude, he'd walk in and do this dude, this, this little, this, this little, this young and young, this young ginger would walk in and he was doing it. And then on top of it, he had a young ginger out front that was screening his calls by the name of John Bishop. Absolutely. And it's funny how all these things have kind of played together to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, someone has this great idea because uh, KCAR at the time had just landed uh, the Husker contract, which pulled it away from KFAB for the first time ever. Yes. And we're going to, uh, uh, have this great idea where we're going to have Jim Rose be in Lincoln, Gary Java be in Omaha, who you could not pick guys who were more opposite. Yep. Nope. I mean, Jim was always the smartest guy in the room, and Gary was the guy that you like to talk to in the locker room, and yep. that's about the level of the conversation at the time. And these guys were going to co-host a show while not even being in the same room as each other. So and it that seemed 25 like, years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, was basically unheard of. Now, oh, now you can do it a, bit, a little bit easier, but back then, I bet it, it was, was a it train was a, wreck. It was a it was a game changer, though, too, because mm-hmm. it was just like, whoa, what are we doing? This it's like is science fiction, right? Yeah, it was cool. So the way this works out is that Gary suddenly isn't doing a two hour local sports talk show anymore. He's doing that. Plus, he's doing two hours of, of network on the Husker Radio Network with he and Jim. And he's the only sports guy they have at the radio station. Well, Gary also had a show on on the Cox Network that we did on Wednesday nights. And um, I was a part of that uh, group that kind of helped him, you know, run that show. And he just came up to me one day and he's like, dude, he's like, we need another sports guy down here because, you know, down in Lincoln, they have John Bishop. They have Mm -hmm. Jim Rose. They have Gary Sharp. You know, um, we don't have anybody. Yeah. And so I left. um, there at Cox. And, you know, I was, it was one of those deals where you're just out of college. So you're getting paid out of like nine different pockets. Like, Hey, if you do this, you're on staff. Hey, if you do this, you're paid talent. Hey, if you do this, you know, you're considered a part-time employee. So yeah. So you're working all the time, but you're not getting any kind of benefits with it at the, at the moment, other than just the experience of being involved in everything. Uh, So um, I left, I went there in radio and uh, we did that for a while. And uh, but what I always wanted to really do was was to call games, and there wasn't any chance to do that. It was fun being a part of that show. Um, I look back on that experience as great. Gary and I are still friends to this day, um, both Gary Sharp and, and Gary yeah. Java. And um, you that, know, but but there, this opportunity came up because my former broadcast partner, when I first started at the Cox station, okay. had gone to KHAS TV in Hastings. And he's like, you're not going to believe this, but this guy who's done radio for a really long time out here is leaving and they need a play-by-play guy who can do a ton of games. You're going to do high school games. You're going to do college games. You've got to be kidding me. And uh, he's like, you maybe want to look at this. I know that maybe moving to Hastings isn't, you know, what you and your new wife have in mind, but Mm -hmm. you know, you might want to look into this. Next thing you know, I'm working with Jill at KHAS Radio in Hastings. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It was, it really was. And that was when Dave Brock 
And and things have come full circle around that too. We had and we had to Google him because we were like, where the yeah, hell is he now? I told you like when you dropped Dave Brock's name, I had to go. What the hell happened to that? Where guy? did he go? Yeah, where exactly. did he go? But so and and my point out too when you said wanting to be a play by play guy and there wasn't going to be a place for that here, it, depending on the size of your markets, seriously, the larger the markets, the less you have the play by play local that you get to hear those local games, and it's such a blessing in the small markets. Oh, absolutely, because you have that those local whether it's college or high school. And and KHAS Radio, I have to say, and KICS also, which was their turned into their sports station as well. But KHAS, that, that was they, that may they, or may not have been my idea. I, I, I'll never get credit well, for it. Okay, <laughs> right? it, went, it went classic country first before it went it to did. all sports. After I was gone, <laughs> it did. Lord. And but they covered all the local high school games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like you could find your high school game on the radio. Which is, that, and back then, that wasn't you. That right? never happened. It was it yeah, was all the cool. local high schools. It was it was really cool, and it was very well supported by the community. Oh, absolutely! It was super busy too. Yeah. I mean, like the more games we could do, the better. Yeah. Because you know, at night, it, oh, you know, everything just went off. That was the way to get people to tune into your station at night. We didn't have the great stuff like we have a Jill in the morning earlier. Yeah, right, right yeah. the day. <laughs> bah, ha, ha. Right. Yeah, at the party line. That's right. <clears throat> I sell trade giveaway looking for items lost. She was fantastic in that role. I cannot Facebook Marketplace before there was Facebook Marketplace. Right. It, it really was was and yeah. the thing is that with her as the host it seemed like a real deal like you felt like you were actually a part of something no i'm just trying to call in some my lawnmower <laughs> those were those were some of the funniest days though because some of the calls um there was a lady who was trying to she had bags of her because she would shave her dog and she had bags of dog hair that would make great stuffing for pillows unbelievable like that's right we had a lady that was trying to sell literally a cemetery plot because she wasn't going to be buried next to that bleep 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 Buzz. <laughs> we didn't have a dump button. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, for her you to be hosting this, and you never know what's coming on the next call. You there was never no screener. Know. I'm searching Facebook Marketplace yeah. right now to see if they have dog hair on sale. You see if they do. Yeah, they, we didn't have a screener, uh, and Jim would either run the board or I had to run the board and do the show and right. take the calls. And we had a regular old style hand cradle phone. And call. I remember calling Big Dally's Deli because they were our one of our sponsors. And it's still fantastic. And, and, and calling them because then you'd get Mike on the phone and he'd talk about the specials for the day every day at the same time, six days a week. Call Mike at Big Dally's Deli and he'd tell you what the it's literally for the Facebook day were. before it was because now you can go on Block sixteen every day at eleven thirty. Yes. Throws you would throw up their specials. It's the same, same exact yeah. thing. And everything was totally live in you a know? market like that too. You never really fully understand the, the power of the marketing going on and, until you're on the other side of it. So after yeah. I end up moving from the radio station to the newspaper across the alley, which is another fantastic story in itself, um, <laughs> it'd be Jill in the morning. We'd be wrapping up. Uh, you know, at that point, the, the Hastings Tribune was an afternoon paper. And we'd be wrapping up the morning and here's Jill on the radio going like, hey, she talks to Mike at Big Dally's. And we all look at each other in, in the sports department. We're like, yep, we're going to Dally's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. And he just sold six sandwiches. And there you go. Yep. <laughs> and the best pickles in town. In a market like that? Uh, yeah. Couldn't beat that. It That's was. Awesome. It's crazy. That's And then, okay, when you first found out that Pat, what his role was with the Omaha baseball team. Oh, yeah. So, so I've known who Pat was for a long time because you would have been very young and, and starting out down there. He was this kid that was roaming down on downstairs. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were on the upper level. We had two levels downtown yeah. on Farnham. And so he's always running ragged down below. And you know, we're sitting in the newsroom upstairs kind of laughing during the day like there goes Pat again. You know, 
And we didn't we didn't necessarily know each other, but I think we knew who each other were. So yeah, I actually knew to look who busy. he was. Yeah, before I was just trying to look busy so I didn't get fired. Like yeah. I really wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I was just ADD before I was diagnosed and just yeah. wanting to. What's funny is that Scott Papik used to work down there too, oh, yeah. and we just had him on. We're recording an episode of our podcast from yet for for yesterday, as it is yeah. in the real world. But he was just on, so yeah, that's awesome. Your worlds yeah. are colliding, Tony. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so, cool. It was a fun place down there. Go ahead. So I'm up in the press box, and this is a few weeks ago, and um. I think I knew that you had been a bad boy there, but I had since forgotten it or whatever. <laughs> and um, I don't remember exactly um, like why I was looking. I think we had maybe done like we're doing a team podcast um, that some guys started in the off season and I joined them on a couple of them just as an extra voice while we were interviewing somebody. So they were like wrapping it up without me. And I was like just roaming the hallway or whatever. And uh, we just, uh, the, the 50 summers uh, documentary had just launched on, um, iTunes and uh, which you know, is amazing. Yeah, the so other good. digital platforms. And so uh, I knew that the guy who had written the letter that was read at the end of the documentary, I knew he had been a bad boy too. And I'm like, hey, I wondered what years Gogarty was the bad boy. And Jeff Gogarty and I are still friends as well. So for, <laughs> for him to randomly show up at the end of this documentary Weird. was, yeah, it was really cool to me. Uh, and he didn't know it was coming either. But I'm so I'm roaming down there and there's like a literally a team photo from every year. Um, that there's been baseball in Omaha, at least in the Royals franchise. And suddenly there you were for like three years in a row. Yeah. Sitting crisscross Chris applesauce. Yep. Right and in my front. first, first year, a little, little, uh, carrying a little holiday weight there in the summer. <laughs> and then I tried, I, went, I apparently went through puberty that, that next summer. Cause I shed a little bit, a little, little, little weight, but yeah, that was a very, very, very fun time. It's funny how we all were like that. It's either you were, you were big at that time or you were super skinny. And right. I was like, just feed that kid it's a sandwich. Like, God, the poor kids, are you ever going to grow? I mean, geez. Well, wasn't too, was it after that first season was that when one of the players offered you some money that was the first season my first season um it's a great story it was yeah oh gosh it was like the first homestand and nashville sounds were in town and that was when um rob dibble and jeff montgomery were jeff montgomery played for the for nashville at the mm -hmm. time and yeah and D dibble was, I was they wanted to play pepper or he did dibble did and i didn't know when i mean it was 13. I didn't know how any of these guys were. They're up and comers. And like you said before, we didn't really know at right. that point who these guys were going to end up being huge. And so I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll play. So I went out in the outfield and was playing pepper with him. And he kept calling me Porky. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm like, oh God, a famous guy called me Porky. And I didn't think about it. So, and Montgomery, Jeff Montgomery heard it. And I walked back to the the dugout, not even thinking about it, you know, and, and he sat me down. He's like, listen, he's a jerk. He said some other words. He goes, but here's the deal. We, we come back, I think it was six weeks for another homestand or eight weeks, whatever. He goes, if you've lost 10 pounds or whatever is by then, I'll give you 20 bucks. Wow. So I'm like, that's cool. So I did. I, I did. And he gave me the cash. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then when he, and then when he came, then I think that later that season or the next season, he got traded and actually came to Omaha and played for a while. So we became buddies and... Yeah, uh -huh. that's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that great? It is. Now, yeah. you're okay. What was your first love in sports? Was it baseball? Was it? <sighs> Are you talking about playing or uh, watching? Which, what's your preferred to call or report on? Oh, boy. Um, well, um, I never thought I would end up reporting on this. This was always just um, kind of an interest I had. And had I grown up in a different area, I probably would have participated in it. But I always enjoyed boxing. Mm-hmm. So for the whole Terrence Crawford thing to happen while I was at the World Herald, That's cool. uh, made yeah. for some unbelievable nights. And 
Uh, it's not lost on me that when um, my time at the Herald came to an end this last year that I knew that it didn't matter what I did for the rest of my life as long as it wasn't terrible, that this was the thing I was going to be known for. I was always going to be the guy that covered Terrence Crawford. So as far as mm-hmm. covering goes, that ended up becoming the thing because it was kind of a niche thing, but it was right in my wheelhouse. And, uh, you know, niche. I knew it's on worldwide fight, hell. Yeah, I knew on uh, mm-hmm. fight nights that was a chance for me to really shine because I knew that because of my background of following the sport that I probably knew more of the ins and outs of it than, you know, what the average person would. So I was kind of the go between between what was happening and and what this really means. And it was great to be able to share that with the audience. Um, As far as growing up though, I was like a multi-sport guy, you know, I Mm -hmm. played everything. So I enjoyed everything. And um, I've been fortunate um, going back to even, you know, the KHS days and, and all my days in the newspaper that I really was able to cover a lot of sports. And I always liked the variety there, or some people that were always like, oh, did, didn't you want to cover Nebraska football? And the answer was, you know, really no, because I didn't mm-hmm. want to do one thing for the whole year. Yeah. I, I, there's a part of me that felt like I always cheated everyone because I had to roll into the next season because it was always starting. My beats always overlapped no matter what I did, even back in the radio days. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the variety of it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it was easier to get over a tough end of a football season when you knew that you had a basketball game on the Wednesday. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you just right. really had to go on and do the yeah. next thing. And so there wasn't much time time to really sit yeah. and think about how do I really feel about this? It was just preparing for the next one. It's true. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Tabor, Iowa, which is uh, oh, just, I knew that yeah, I just off the interstate yeah. on the way to Kansas city. That's crazy. Yeah. Cause my mom's family's from over in that neck of the woods. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. So you understand the small town, small town, both all three of us, mm-hmm. um, that you're right. You just, you get done with that last, whatever that season was, and it just rolls into the next thing, whether it's drama whether it's another sport whether oh, it's because you're always got two yeah. or three irons in the fire and, and, a, and a lot of times yeah. you're balancing those things simultaneously <laughs> exactly. i can remember like you know uh making it to state track our senior year of high school but baseball practice had already started and it just happened to be that our baseball coach was also our track coach <laughs> so everybody everybody runs the poles around the entire <laughs> yes. thing at the end of practice and oh hey you guys that run at state track you guys got three more laps yeah. keep going yeah just keep going we're gonna do I both i forgot about that yeah isn't that Stupid crazy coaches double dipping <laughs> totally forgot about that tony that's funny yeah i love that so this so working with the the storm chasers um, this the position that they have now was this position already there? Who was in it before? Um, Andrew Green was the guy that had the uh, media relations position before, um, and he and I are similar in a sense of like how we go about things, and our sense of humor is very the same. Um, so we've been good friends ever since he had that role. Uh, he came in. I had been on the Storm Chasers beat for the World Herald for a couple of years when he came in. Um, Andrew, when he came in, was a really sound media relations guy. You know always had everything that I needed uh, to cover a game, which was a big part of the role um, when he came in. And while he was here, he became this like social media guru. I mean, he became really good. There, at uh, seriously. And I wouldn't know who to have given that credit to, but the storm chasers social media game is incredible yeah. and it's innovating. I mean, it's like, Oh my God, they do what they've got. Cause they like bring in people to make sure all the, no pun intended. All the bases are covered. Right. Yeah. Right. Ha ha ha. But that makes sense. Instead of having people do it, they don't really know what they're doing. Do it right. Yeah. And, and people notice. So oh my God. A- Andrew, um, he was the mastermind behind the potholes game last year, which not only got attention locally, which is super funny Very here, funny. but it, you know, got attention nationally. <laughs> Uh, because of the uniqueness of it. What and, I love, and also too, with minor league baseball, it's, it kind of reminds me of either doing a morning show or just being in radio. You're always trying to find a different angle on something going on in the community and not necessarily make light of it, but 
tie kind in. Of, yeah, kind of tie into it. And if you can make light of it, you're going to get more attention. And so that that part of the job has to be so much fun. Yeah, the absolutely. Creativity side I, of it. I, that's the part I was looking forward to when I started. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I see the end result of these because I'm at the ballpark. But how did we get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. And in that case, it was just Andrew on a slow day sitting around playing with some clip art because he's hearing everyone in <laughs> Omaha you know, talk about the potholes in town. And he's a, he's from Florida. He has no idea like what that is. Yeah, a winner is or anything like that. Yeah. He was just having fun at the time and he did that. And he's like, Hey, I'm just going to drop this as a, uh, you know, an April fool's mm. joke. And a couple of people believed yeah. that it was really happening. And the next thing you know, it really did happen. It happened. And we had the yeah, Omaha potholes. So yeah. The storm chasers staff turned it over in like a couple of three weeks. And next thing you know, they were How doing fun. it. That is so fun. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, so Andrew uh, was doing that and uh, he got a chance to do that only like he could leave the other stuff that you know media relations stuff behind and just do that with the durham bulls which because of the movie bull durham oh my god are like a historic franchise and yeah. it gets him closer to home and so it was a great opportunity for him wow that's cool so he left wow. in the off season and the next thing you know there's a media relations spot open um my time at the world herald um was over at that point and uh one of the things mm -hmm. i said to my wife and she's like oh no well you know what are you gonna do now and everything like that you took this buyout and you know and now what? Yeah. There, there's and, no other paper in town. Yeah. There's this legit concern about, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? And this opened up. And um, so I just kind of reached out in the moment and said, you know, hey, I go, I don't know what you're thinking about doing with Andrew's position, but, you know, we can take this a different way. I can't do what he did, mm -hmm. but I can do what I do and we can, you know kind of see what happens Absolutely. with it. And um, I think that they were kind of thinking the same thing, at least uh, some of them were. And, uh, you know, the next thing you know, here we are starting in January with an opportunity even, to do all kinds of things. Probably didn't even read anything that you sent them, just like your first job. <laughs> <Just got the laughs> job. Hey, like, I don't know. This guy's available. Let's yeah. get, okay. <laughs> don't look at his stuff. I'm sure no, it's it is. fine. I, I am, I'm extremely, I feel extremely blessed that this has worked out the way it has. Um, and I know that the best days of it are, are going to come ahead because, you know, Definitely. we're at a time now, um, with the way regular traditional media works that you kind of have to tell your own story. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, with myself on staff and, uh, we have a new radio guy coming in, uh, who's been doing some double a ball and some other sports from the East coast. Um, but he has a background in a lot of different things. Um, the, you know, the marketing team is already kind of in place, uh, when I joined. So I think there's a chance here to really create some really cool stuff uh, from the storm chasers that are going to be both serious and fun. And maybe some of, you know, both at the same time, Yeah, um, we can do a lot of the fun things going forward. And I, you know, I look at this as, you know, the first step in what could be a long-term relationship with myself and the club that I, you know, I already cared about because I grew up watching it and I'd been covering it for See, the five I, years before. Yeah. That's true. Cause, uh, cause the prior guy wasn't from here. You know, it's like, this is your, you've, you've grown, you know, you've been around this team for years oh absolutely you know? so it's that's kind of that's from a growing up watching at the time yeah. like when pat would have been there to you know my first job out of out of school we were working and broadcasting omaha royals games on the yeah. local cox station you know five six seven times was a frank year. atkinson still His, there at frank, the time yeah yeah and to check this out frank is still an official scorer out at the ballpark is he really and he and i have become incredibly close friends I because we sit frank. next to each other out there that's yeah. awesome that he's, he's such a good guy i remember going on the road with the royals sometimes and he would i'd always for, i didn't even think about radio ever in my entire life back then but i'd always gravitate to him because i love the stories <laughs> whip your vision into shape right there yo with coogler vision uh we love that they're a supporter of our podcast absolutely uh, they've got some great things that are happening on their website if you haven't been there recently at cooglervision.com it already was so user-friendly if you thought about having any of the procedures done um, and so many different procedures it's not just one procedure one size fits all but interestingly you'll find over 600 five-star patient reviews which is amazing the right. number of people that are are taking advantage and saying you know what 
2020 is going to be my year. And, and I think there, there were a couple of them that were talking about uh, making improvements that 2020 is the year right? Yep. They're ready to go. And, and one of the first ones was vision. I said what Gary said too. Dr. Kluger's, Kugler's office is amazing. They are amazing because you have cookies and they have delicious like flavored waters. They and, do. Oh, and then they're also great doctors too. And that too. Don't yeah. forget. <laughs> uh, they said that the staff made the procedure a breeze. That's from Natalia. I especially enjoyed the surgery prep in a massage chair I mean, covered by a blanket, drinking some tea. I was relaxed, anxiety gone. I wish I'd done this years sooner. Now to make it even simpler, you can text them. The number to text is 72000. You want to text C Omaha, two words, to 72000. I did that. And you will get back a response that will first ask you to confirm. So I text back yes. And then it sent me a link. And when you go to the page, um, it, of course, welcomes you. And then it's got some real quick questions about what it is that you're looking for. And then I got a follow-up phone call real quick. And super nice, Nicole called, and she's there just to make sure that you got the information you wanted. And if you had any further questions, she was there to help you out. Get that consultation now at Kugler Vision. You can yes. also go to kuglervision.com. And tell them Pat and JT sent you. He is a really good dude. Yeah. And, and this has been fun because uh, Frank's son, Andy, has uh, come and started uh, working, uh, running the pitch clock for us in the press box too. And, uh, you know, there's been days where Frank and Andy were both there and there were days where Frank wasn't there. And I remember a day where, you know, his son knew that I knew his dad from, from radio. And I said that your dad probably doesn't know this because I've never said anything to, to him about this. But I go, when I was, you know, in college and, you know, you first start broadcasting games, you know, this just in, there's no like training for that. No. <laughs> I'll never forget the first Nebraska football game I broadcast on the campus radio station. Like I remember throwing it to the break during the pregame and looking out and seeing then 70 some thousand people. And I'm like, wow, oh my God. I really need to not be nervous about this because <laughs> this is happening yeah. and I may never get the shot to do this again. Right. Because you don't know if you're going to be any good it's at it true. or not. It's mm-hmm. true. And so you're always kind of listening to other people and things like that. And I knew from the beginning that mm-hmm. dude you walk talk way too fast for radio <laughs> so basketball was great baseball was probably not going to be my best sport because <laughs> i just naturally wanted to talk so fast um <laughs> mad material man. B- yeah. but i We're but <laughs> frank was the guy who was here locally and yeah. so when i was younger i would listen to frank and i started doing it more so at this point because this is what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and i told andy in the in the press box it was either last year or the year before i go i learned how to pace myself when broadcast a baseball game by listening to your dad. Mm-hmm. He worked by himself, which is what I was going to be doing out at KHAS. Not easy. Um, he, I mean, he allowed me to understand there can be dead air. You don't have to be talking all the time, but you have to keep the fans engaged. And uh, Frank was always good at telling stories during the mm-hmm. broadcast, and he was incredibly funny with you know, kind of a dry wit. Yeah. And I remember being like, you know, the young guy working on the little O2 TV crew here at Cox and like Frank would say something on the air and I'd be like laughing through the headset. And everybody's like, <laughs> what are you laughing about, dude? And I'm like, didn't you hear what Frank said? I'm truly and listening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like all focused. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm running the camera. I'm in the truck. I got, I got the replay duties. And I'm like, oh, did you hear what Frank I'm said? I'm listening to the show. Exactly. <laughs> I'm listening to the game while we're working. And uh, so anyway, like Andy just looked at me like, wow, you know, this guy, like, you know, learn something from listening to my dad because much like my son, he didn't know me as the broadcaster. I've been the sports writer his entire life. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
That's true. For, How old is he? He just turned 21. So like oh last God. night, which would have, you know, at the time we're recording, wow. would have been St. Patrick's Day. It had to be the first I am uh, 21. But oh, yeah, we're in a yeah. pandemic. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. So, on that yeah, sorry that that worked yeah. out like that. But that's, yeah. that's how it is. He's we'll been 21 for a month. Right. Oh, so. man. That's kind of cool, though, because you're right, because he didn't see how you started. Right. He wasn't. Well, he wasn't aware you know, right. at that time of yeah. what was uh, the broadcasting side of things. That's kind of cool. It was, it was really fun. Um, uh, and I don't remember what led to this one night, but at some point I found a tape. And when we're talking tape, it was like a cassette tape. And it would have been a broadcast from the KHS days or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, I ran across this or whatever. <laughs> and so I put it in because uh, my wife and we've been together for, boy, I have to do the math real quick. I think it'll be 14 years this year. And um, we've been married for the last, you know, yeah. eight, I think. She had no idea. She knows those stories and she's heard me tell stories about Jill, but she had no idea who I was back then or whatever. (laughs) And, um, you know, Peyton's mom would remember me from back then, but, but she didn't. So here's my son who didn't know me as a broadcaster and my wife who didn't either. And suddenly they got a chance to listen to me do that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a, a, a difference between like there was humor involved and there was actually like kind of a respect involved. Like, wow, you really did used to do that. Yeah. And at the same time, they were laughing hysterically because I can't believe that's you. That's right. honestly, do you that's remember awesome. what game that was? Uh, no, I mean, I want to say it was either um, a football game or a baseball game. It was yeah. definitely a Hastings college game from the KHS days. And I don't remember why or how I came across right. it. Right. Isn't that crazy though? That's the house I lived in in Hastings was right between the ballpark, the, 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 yeah, the, the baseball park mm-hmm. and the Hastings College out on 2nd Street Yeah, was where we were. And so I could hear them calling. And I remember a kid named Monte Cristo in the late 90s that was playing, that ended up playing in Nebraska. Yeah, he was from Kearney, I think. Originally. And the name there, always yeah. caught my, because we were, we were literally one row of houses and there was the, the wall for the ballpark mm-hmm. where we were. So you see all the lights and you always hear that name. And that name always caught my ear. Because I'm like, who would name their kid Monte Cristo? That's just so funny. And the next thing you know, you hear it for the next 10 years. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which was awesome. But oh my God. Yeah. A lot of great, a lot of great memories. That's awesome. My one memory. And uh, I'll try to keep this PG no, right. because this is going to be my, this is my go-to story from like, tell me about your radio days. <laughs> and uh, so I tell the story about um, the day that uh, Tom Osborne announced that he was going to retire. Mm. Um, there was kind of an inkling the night before that something was going to happen along those lines. And, um, just like Jill with, uh, you know, doing, um, party line, there were other (laughs) duties that came along with, you know, being at a small radio station and she can tell you, I'm sure back in the day, I absolutely hated sitting on the board, hated it, hated it, hated it. Any studio time in studio time. That wasn't your favorite place to be. No, absolutely. And, 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 and it was for anybody. It was super boring. Super yeah. boring. But I, you yeah. know, when I came on, I was the new guy and everybody had been there for a little while. You got to go run the farm report. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you go, go do this. So my shift was after the newscast um, at noon and to be on the board like till three or four in the afternoon. So I would go in there and uh, I'd be taking in my spotting charts for the football game <laughs> or working on the basketball material for the game that night or whatever. And Basically, it was three hours of whatever, and you never heard from me at all. And I remember Jill early on saying something to me like, 
You know, you can really engage with the audience during this whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm playing music from an era I don't know. My it's dad Michael was Bolton exactly. And- <laughs> my dad, my dad was older from this, Actually, and I go, I, the I, 70s. Yeah. It probably was. Yeah. I, was 70s. I, I, pr- I pride myself on being the guy that grew up in Southwest Iowa listening to rap music. <laughs> we are so far out of my like wheelhouse right here. We're so adult contemporary. Uh-huh. Oh my god, yeah. not rap. Nope. So, so anyway, you could not get out of that no matter what. The, this was you were on lockdown for whatever your shift was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it happened to be the day that Osborne's going to retire and the place just vacates. Nobody's there. I mean, even the gal that runs the front desk is nowhere to be found. When? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just stuck and I'm just looking around for like somebody come bail me out because I'm our sports director and I need to be in Lincoln because this is happening. Yes. <laughs> and Jill's the first person that walks in afterwards. And as I said, I'll keep it PG, but I may have shouted. And um, what I said might have not been politically correct in 2020, but I basically made reference to that this was the biggest sports story that was going to happen in our state in the decade. And I'm standing here mm, playing John Denver Christmas music. And so the John Denver Christmas music gag has been running thing. And then, and so she just looked at me like first stunned. I think that I just said that. And then she just busted out laughing. (laughs) And I just like kind of ducked my head, walked back in and played wonderful Christmas time. That's what we, that we were staying in our lane. We were staying in our lane. Sucked, but we were staying in our lane. Oh my God. Yeah. It was that those days that were a lot of fun and learned a lot of things working in a small market. I think I appreciated a lot more like after the fact. Yes. I I really did. Same here. It's true. It's usually how it is with everything. Like you don't appreciate it after it's over and you look back like, God, I wish I had taken more advantage of. I'm just, I'm glad it happened because it did. It prepared for a lot of things, just wearing different hats and. And having to appreciate just doing things that you may not want to do, playing Christmas music. <laughs> when I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I, having automation where you could do that now is like one thing because you could step out, but having to be back every two minutes and forty five seconds because those are fast songs for the hearing, songs. Uh, yeah. The funny thing about that is, I'll still hear songs that we played on KHAS yeah. on whatever radio station at the time, and I'll be like, you know what this was? Yeah. This was the go to song when you had to go to the restroom. It's yeah. true. Because, you know, this if you could th- if you could throw on Baker Street, you had like five <laughs> minutes and forty six seconds to dart out of the studio, run down the hall, yeah. go to the restroom room and yeah. get back before you know before you needed you to, to go to break you had, your, song? One, you had yes. your songs for one and you had your songs for two yes. <laughs> any, any meatloaf song was a two song <laughs> ones were the three and a half four minutes yeah. if you really could. Yeah. i don't yeah. know if you're, if you're really like bad. this but i do you can you still like envision mm. the colored uh index cards that have the name of the song see, i can see the name of the song the type the red line across the top of yes. the early 80s or whatever i can still envision those in my head and you know Mark and we're like 25 years later when was played and that was been that was when you got to pick your music to a degree there was a clock but you got to pick your music and we mm. never got to do that mm. in our situation right um that was chosen for us by somebody else just you know decided what songs you were going to be playing so that 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 gave a lot more it was a lot more person but i would like to see you pop the mic a little more often yes anyway um <laughs> just a worst dj ever <laughs> tony thank you so much for coming in oh absolutely you're awesome tony. um uh, we'll keep in touch though as far as what's coming up with the storm chasers and we, we would, I mean, trust me, we'd love to do anything we can with you guys. Um, and we're hoping we've had Marty and have you in, I'm um, hoping to hook up with Gary and get a chance to talk some more about some of the stuff coming up this year. And I know it's hard for you guys right now, but we'll get back on 
we'll get back on pace. I just hope everybody understands that all the things that were happening before are still happening just without set dates right now. And eventually the season's going to happen and it's going you know, to be, the ballpark's yeah. going to be a place to be. It just may not be, you know, next month when we all thought right. it was going to be it. Exactly. But we'll get to it. Super. You Thank Thanks, you. you we appreciate it. Um, it's Pat and JT on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening to our podcast.